Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fans in Motion podcast, the only podcast you didn't know you needed. And I say to my friends looking back at me, Josh, used to call me by my first name. Now you never even call me at all. Say hello, Josh. Listen, you should be lucky I ever called you by my first name, by your first name, because I usually just always call him Baby. That way you never mix up the names if you just call them baby. I've been ignoring your phone calls. I just want you to text me. Don't call me. Listen, I don't know how else to listen, give you that hint. Look, see this guy right here? There's oh. a lot of like scheduling. And I mean, this guy's hard to get. So I can't just text you, you know, schedules, man. I, I need to talk to you verbally and say, listen, I I'm really a busy man. I really don't need you. But if you want to jump on this podcast, I need you at this time. I mean, Ooh, sure, this random guy in the bottom is busy, but I'm busy, too. Yeah, right now he's he's thinking, what the fuck did I get into? <laughs> All right, so uh, below us, the man you'll see here besides is we don't have Brent with us today. We have the one and only legend among them, amongst those that know who he is. Uh, you're a sound man. You're a front of house guy. You're, what well, dare we say, audio engineer. We have Night Ranger's front of house man, Dave Radley. Dave, hello. Hey, everybody. And, Welcome uh, to the show. And you guys have probably, I mean, if you guys have been to any show within the last year, which all of our listeners are, you know, the hardcore. So they have. This is the guy whose magic you are hearing. Yes. So, um, and Dave is a guy I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. And uh, finally, I uh, got <laughs> my goal was to get enough blackmail on everybody. Right, uh, you know, yeah, like, I live a boring life though. I don't have much. To, I don't have much you can pull out of those closets. Hey, unless you we, can play back. Well, we I know saw, you have a boring life. You're on with us. We got yeah. you. <laughs> we we did that math. Well, I got a I got a picture of him with a Cubs hat on, and I was like, listen, this is going public, man, in Wisconsin. If uh, you don't jump on the podcast, uh, and you guys will know when I got enough blackmail on Jack and. And Brad and Kelly when the whole hey tonight, listen we're, before we play Sister Christian, I want you guys all to just sit back and relax because we're gonna play the whole Man in Motion record. So like, when really, you, when you hear Jack do that, you know and, I got some shit. And you'll see Josh stand on the stage going, "Yep, that's right, dance." Eleven <laughs> tracks. Well, and the, the the beauty of that, Josh, is uh, you know I, I'm not sure if any of the guys have. Uh, have ever popped the the name out at you but i am the originator of of your tag deep cuts josh that is yeah. actually you're in, my, you're, in, you're in my phone that way and it's and it's because of that because whenever you're at a show they start playing stuff that i i even i haven't heard for a long time well oh, there man. there you go people need every all the listeners look if they if you hear passion play it's because of me now exactly now listen i am probably if you you know i know you're not a big social media guy but um, on our page, we got almost 10,000 people on our fans in motion page. And uh, I am probably the one who advocates for deep tracks the least. Like, I'm realistic. Like, listen, yeah, you know, you're going to make five people happy <laughs> if, <laughs> you know, you're playing, you know, this song from this record in 1997. Now, I always say there is always room for, you know, changes, right? I mean, Every fan can say that, but uh, you know, I could I could always say, well, you know, you could take this song out, and maybe put this one in and alternate it, but that's about as most as I will will go. Um, so yeah, I'm actually probably like people on the page are like, he's probably not the he's not very deep track, you know. Yeah. Uh, but when I it comes, it too. We, but in I the, like it too. 
but in the family in the night ranger you know uh world there uh i am definitely you know probably the the deep track guy because uh hell i don't i remember one time talking to jack about what interstate love affair yeah and i mentioned it being on seven wishes he's like it was on seven wishes because it was on a teacher's <laughs> soundtrack first right like, yeah yeah it was <laughs> and uh yeah i always say in this podcast you know we'll be talking about something and uh i'll get messages hey why don't you ask jack if you know if this happened back then or when this came out and i'm like listen these guys are their own worst historians yeah. um they don't know what record came out or what was on what and and most musicians are you know they they're so close to the work they release it and yeah, I love that they don't even hide that thought staged. Jack will turn around and look at Kelly and say, what album was that on again? Or I mean, they, they don't even hide it. Now, it's so crazy because fandom, I mean, that's how this thing started was us debating how great this album was versus that album or how great this song or our top 10. Right. But know that as we've moved on and you know, we've, we've been around the guys and like that they, it, they have no thoughts on any of this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to ask you so many questions about Man in Motion and Neverland. Well, and they have no thoughts about it. Probably like we don't even care. We <laughs> were in we were in, in Indiana somewhere, and someone was getting an album signed, and someone had seven. The record came out in 1998, and I was standing next to Jack, and me and him were talking. Someone came up, "Hey, will you sign this?" And you know, Jack takes the time to sign it, and he's signing seven. And I just mentioned that's one of my favorite Night Ranger records, and Jack hands it back to him and thanks, and he looks at me, and goes, "That record sucks." I don't know if I've ever I don't know if I've ever told you story. Uh, and for a moment, like I wanted to fight him, not like I'm fighting Jack Blades. I just someone who I, made a wrong comment. I all I heard was a human being said one of my favorite Night Ranger albums sucked. And all right, those are scrapping words. That's it. Shirts coming off. <laughs> no, I, I love it. New, new, new headline: Deep cuts to Josh. Throat punches Jack Blades. <laughs> yes. love it. Uh, Josh was removed physically from the Night Ranger camp. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it had nothing to do with it with his Jack Blades. All I heard was a human being going, you know, bashing my favorite Night Ranger album. And, it's uh, funny, Josh. You say that. I was talking. Um, I recently was in in Atlanta for some concerts, and I met a was talking to some people that, that did like Night Ranger. And I said to him, I said, uh, that's it. Do you really like him? I said, I'll fight you in the street right now if you talk shit about yeah. Night Ranger. I said, just watch your words. And yeah. the guy was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, we'll be in that street running, rolling around. Half of my fights in my life have gone like this. Yeah, the fucking Night Ranger is one of my favorite groups. Oh, yeah, the group that sings Motorin. Got <laughs> 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 five other top 20 hits. You know, I'm beat, you know, punching some guy's head in while I'm talking about Say sentimental street. Motorin again. Sentimental street. Sentimental Street. Um, all right. So, anyways, uh, John, uh, no. Dave, Dave's here. Uh, we're going to go through his. We're going to go through the whole gauntlet, right? We're going to start. You know how he got into the business. We're going to talk about some artists he's worked in, the difference in venues and setting shit up, and what's a typical day. And we'll obviously get into all those great Night Ranger stories. But the one thing that kind of brought me and Dave, you know talking a little bit more and stuff outside the night ranger world is um and i'll let dave explain it a little bit more but he's got a he's i don't know what you know if you're part you know what all you got going into it but i know you're doing the front of house for a a, a group called luminaire christmas um it's kind of 
like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You guys got some casino dates and some theater dates. Some of the same theaters Night Rangers played coming up in December. And I've signed on to help you guys with some socials. So I want to jump Very right appreciated. And <laughs> uh, yeah, we're getting that going. Uh, I think we got some member profiles getting ready to, to start coming out here. Um, but give us a, just you know a quick synopsis of what luminaire christmas is and how you guys got it started yeah absolutely super easy we, uh the creator of it is a, a gentleman named john blasucci and john was uh, uh was is i guess it depends on how you look at it was uh, i met him through uh, dennis de young who i toured with for many years and john was his keyboardist and um he also was a keyboardist in Mannheim steamroller for for many years and would hence the christmas connection there so uh we had been talking john had is just an incredible arranger and um took some christmas classics redid them uh, uh with that cool guy shredder guitar and a, and a, and a screaming hot violin and and uh redid his, did some of the uh, some arrangements came up with some original stuff and uh, put a project together we were about to to uh, take it public and uh, start booking it and of course you know COVID hit so that kind of you know threw everything on the back burner and uh, we just this will be year three for us it is uh I, I like to say it's if you take Mannheim Steamroll and TSL slam them together we fall kind of somewhere in the middle we have some good traditional Christmas stuff rocked out a little bit or kind of that symphonic rock kind of feel but uh, we uh, it's it's a fun show two singers a male singer a female singer uh, some in uh, some in instrumental songs. The, there's a storyline that runs through it. Uh, there's video. Uh, it's just a, a lot of fun. Really good show. And literally any demographic. You know, you know, ten year old kid. Uh, you know, up to an eighty year old. You know, we we've played some uh, PACs where the subscriber base comes, and there's a. Uh, you know, 70, 80 year old people there and they have no idea what they get. And after the shock of the, uh, you know, the smoke blowing up and lights flashing <laughs> in their eyes, they stay till the end and are standing and clapping. So, I mean, we somehow win them, win them over, but it's a really good show. We just, we just got to get it out there, get it in front of some people. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it's got some, some good legs and, and we'll turn into something and hopefully a little Christmas <laughs> classic this year. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's definitely, if you go to uh, right now, uh, Facebook luminaire Christmas, um and i'll put some links you know on when we post this um go there follow it uh slowly announcing some dates i know there's a date in wisconsin there's a date in indiana which is a little bit at the belterra casino a little bit south of cincinnati yeah. i may be at that one um so if you are a luminaire fan and a josh Stofferson fan that's your <laughs> that's your show um there's another date that i'm missing um uh, Chicago, one in Chicago. We have one in uh, uh, Davenport, Iowa. Davenport, Iowa. Yep, Davenport, yeah. Iowa. <laughs> so, um, City Casino. So, and I know that uh, you know again, like like they takes said, me away from Night Ranger though. I got to I got to get a sub. I have my buddy subbing and covering for me on the those first couple shows. Well, I want Brett actually. Yeah, before I knew you were doing that, I always wondered why you know the guys were always saying how they sounded so much better at the end of November and December. And I was like does the cold make them play better and then i figured out it was uh you know radley's not there um <laughs> but uh uh what uh so i know with covid starting out or when you guys were starting out kind of covid hit so you guys are you know still building up this name and this fan base and um yeah, big time yes um you know so even if there isn't dates you know, this year around um, where you are, 
you know, next year, again, it's just something that builds upon each other, you know, builds Literally. upon itself. So uh, hopefully next year, again, it, you know, you might not be able to see them this year, but uh, uh, it might be something that will be closer to your neighborhood next year. That's just such a niche, you know, because we we only play, you know, we, we work on it year round and we only play for, you know, three, four weeks out of the year, just around Christmas time. But it's cool. We all have other, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm, I'm full time, you know, running around to, trying to make Night Ranger sound good. But, uh, you know, all the all the guys and all the, the people involved in uh, in Luminar are, are uh, have other projects during the during the year. So it's just a great project and it's just fun. And it's a really feel good, fun thing to be involved in. And I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of that sappy Christmas guy, family yeah. guy. So it, it was a, it was a good a lot of a lot of fun. And, too, it's like, uh, you know, if you got kids and you're wanting to take them to rock shows, I mean, TSO is great, but sometimes it's just it's so big right that you know it you lose that that intimacy to where if you're you know you go see you know this show you're playing you know these beautiful theaters and yep. you get more of this intimate feel and um yep, exactly you know like with my kid taking him to a hockey game i can take him to the pro hockey game the blue jackets it's fun but you know you're up in the upper bowl somewhere or I could take him to, he don't give a shit. You know, I can take him to Ohio State hockey, right? Um, we're sitting right on the ice. He don't care, but he gets to see Back in the glass, baby. And stuff, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 that's something you got to look at too, is you get Agreed. that more bang for your buck too. You're getting it, to see exactly. talented musicians, but you're not, you know, you're able still, to get, still ton of energy and still, like I said, we you know smoke and fog and mm -hmm. video and lights. Fly. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but we, <laughs> we still keep it uh, Christmas oriented very much. So you walk away feeling really good and, and uh, ready to uh, ready to meet Santa and have some family over. Yeah. Um, so, so how did, how did you get into the music business and you know, how did, did you get drafted to be a sound man? How, what's that story? <laughs> oh, straight, straight up easy, easy story. When I was uh, high school, you know, which was, you know, I graduated in 84. So, you know, it was during the the, the wonderful 80s when music was was uh, still good. Uh, you know, I was playing in bands, playing in, in bars. I was, you know, bouncing around. Uh, what, as a guitar. what, what, guitarist? I was a guitar player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Legend, legend in my own mind, guitarist. And, uh, you know, so it was early 80s and uh, playing, having having a blast. And then all these guys came out, you know, the, you know, the Brad Gillis's and Jeff Watson's come out and doing all this crazy finger tapping <laughs> stuff. And I, you know, I, I kind of made the conscious de decision that, you know, I didn't want to practice that hard. I just like the beer and the girls. And and uh, so I just started, uh, but I love the music and the live show and the element and the, you know, the, 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 honestly, the high that it gives you, it's just, it's a great connection. And uh, I started mixing friends' bands. I had no idea what I was doing. I just kept turning knobs and people kept saying that it, it that sounds good. Sounds better than, you know, that. And so I just kept doing it and uh, then just really pushed my way through. I jumped on, um, jumped on with a production company locally, and went out and kind of learned the, the ropes from the, from the technical side of thing. And I just kept mixing and uh, any engineer that would come back, the company that I worked for way back, uh, you know, in, in the eighties, uh, they did a ton of huge country music festival. And that was, you know, that was the early Garth and all these different, you know, these great country artists that I still, still love. 
And uh, they were coming through and playing these festivals. And I would sit by, out there in front of the house with their engineers babysitting them. And I'd, I'd lean over and ask them, hey, how are you doing that? How are you making that sound like that? And they're all just good people. And they're, you know, they let me plagiarize anything. And they would tell me all their little secrets. And because they said they, you know, they stole it from somebody else. So, but uh, I just, I, I just enjoyed it. So it, you know, I was just all obsessed in, in, uh, in learning more, in, in which I still am to this day. That's one of those crazy, this is one of those crazy fields that the more, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And it's, that that is a hundred percent absolutely true. So then I jumped in, did a bunch of, bunch of production stuff and got a, a, a chance to go on audition for a band called the tubes yeah <laughs> way back way, 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 way yeah, back okay. yeah exactly fees wonderful uh, a little and, bit of uh, white punk song dope it's exactly <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up getting the job and uh, toured with them for a while which you know they were another bay area band which was kind of cool so you know, i used to spend a lot of time out <laughs> there in the bay area and uh then um just kept kept i ended up uh building up and buying a, a old production company and turning it into a, a pretty good size uh, local regional company. And uh, then we were doing that actually to tie this into the night Ranger thing. Uh, absolute true story. Uh, we were playing. We, I had one of my clients was in Denver, Colorado. We played back backdrop was the, the, it was just gorgeous. And we did a festival out there every year and night Ranger was a headliner on one of the nights. And I typically, I'm not, I don't ever fancy myself a monitor engineer. It is a whole nother world. And I'm, I just, I don't have the skill set. but my guys, for some reason, they were extremely intimidated by night Ranger coming in and headlining and night Ranger had a front of house guy at the time. You know, this is you know, again, probably 85, 86, something like that. And, um, they uh they didn't they, they didn't have a monitor guy they had a front of the house guy and uh, none of my guys wanted to be uh you know to be up there and dealing with it so I said yeah I, I'll I'll jump in we'll just I'll just do it and we did well uh, I just remember uh, Brad looking over at me during the show and and kind of having a look Jeff was it was Jeff Watson at the time he would he would come over and he kind of giving me these looks and and uh, after the show I ended up uh, chatting with the guys and they said you know. Everywhere I walked on stage, I could hear what I was doing. And I'm kind of thinking, isn't that kind of uh, the point? <laughs> you know, this was back before in years. I mean, this is, you know, you know, big drum subs for Kelly and wedges everywhere and side fills, 120, you know, DB on stage, just ridiculous volume. And uh, that uh, later they called uh, years later and, and uh, had, we had, we had uh, the, the tour manager at the time, we, uh, we became friends and I got a, got a call later to come out and mix them. And the, the rest is history. So let nice. me ask you. Let me ask you this: Do they remember that story? Like I, they, they do, but I don't think like like I remember it. Of course, yeah. I mean, with with the millions of shows that that they do. But we've talked about it. I I, yeah. I bring it up on, uh, especially when we're uh, sitting on the bus and talking smart, and I remind them of uh, of when you know the first go around. So but it was good. I've, I've been very blessed. I mean, I worked with. I think I started with them late nineties. Worked with them through two thousand five, and. Uh, so late, okay. So I think it was right, right around when Jeff, when when they went through and split up with Jeff and all that, they took some time off, and that was actually where I, I jumped on and did some shows, just filling in for Dennis DeYoung, and that turned into a full time thing for many years up until COVID, and um, you know, but I've I've been in touch with them, you know, while we obviously while we we're working there after well after uh, I jumped over to Dennis's camp. Uh, we still, you know, I did the, you know, both Shaw Blades tours uh, and uh, mixed those. And I did a bun bunch of stuff. We, you know, I jumped on and did the Journey uh, 
journey run through Mexico with a mixed that in Mexico and Central America. So a lot of stuff, even though I wasn't full-time in the camp, I still, they're, they're family. I mean, literally yeah. in every sense of the word, they're just good, good, good bunch of guys and, and uh, very good close friends. Was, um, was the tubes like the first national tour you did? Like, what was but, the- but- by far. Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea what I was doing. Green as they come, but uh, not afraid to admit it and just jump in and, and keep keep going. Yeah, they were absolutely my first uh, my first national act that I went out with uh, as an actual production front of house guy. What year would that have been? Late 80s into the mid 90s. Right right, so that, that's that's that good. At least you were right when he t- came back. Okay. It, it was right. Yeah, they had they had a, a little different lineup before, and when Fee came back, they started doing some dates. And uh, you know, Fee Roger, you know, Rick, who passed away, I believe last year, sadly, was wonderful. Uh, and Prairie Prince was was drumming with them, obviously, and just a great great bunch of guys. <coughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's um, it's probably good that your first tour was with the more of the uh, she's a beauty type tubes <laughs> and not the. The 70s white punks on dope they, they uh, still did I, you know when when fee came back he he wasn't doing the you know the quaalude stuff with the high he's doing that again now and i've seen it and it is still fantastic but he kind of he was in that mature you know he was writing writing a lot of songs and for other artists and he you know he, he kind of had grown out of that but now yeah. they've gone full circle and it is bad it's just it's badass yeah. i mean um, what a great band super talented and if you're interested go look up songs that fee waybill and richard barks have yeah, exactly they that's who he was working with exactly um you know definitely especially at that time you know you two different well now you know you're looking in hindsight yeah probably not that different but you know fee richard marks like those are he two was a handful yep um a handful. so where did where did you move on after the tubes? Uh, any other artists that you I, literally with? the next? And I mean, I've worked with some. I've done. I've been out with different uh, artists. Artists. I did a uh, old country artist named named John Barry, and uh, he. Uh, I did a Christmas tour with him. Filled in. Did a, a Christmas run with John Barry. Then I did a. Uh, I worked with a vocal group called the Lenneman for a while. Did their Christmas Christmas tour. I have something with Christmas tours. I guess I didn't. <laughs> Didn't even, didn't even realize that yeah. and then uh you know running my production company and jumping on with night ranger and, I, and i've been very blessed to stay with people for a long time a lot of guys that do what i do tour jump they'll they'll uh which is you know the, the norm in the industry you know you run you run out with matchbox 20 or somebody and 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 then you're, you're jumping on to the next one as soon as that tour ends and i've been real blessed i you know i'm a i'm a dad and i love being home for my kids but yet still being out doing the kind of pseudo weekend warrior stuff and just staying with a band for a lot of years and really getting involved in the camp i love that aspect of it and and i've been very fortunate to to you know be able to make a, a living doing it and have a house mm-hmm. and kids and college and all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. well if you're a mid uh if you're a 90s country music fan john barry had a, a slew of hits there he still does his christmas uh yep. tours he plays every, every year about a mile or about an hour south of uh where i'm at <laughs> um so we're obviously going to get into your stints with night ranger but um want to talk a little bit uh so just you know describe you know because most people have seen a call sheet i mean people posting them on you know right. the internet and stuff and you'll see you know lobby call for a crew and lobby call for a band and uh and obviously they never are the same 
yeah they never <laughs> never are the same i mean you know you're wondering hey why ain't black why ain't blades uh getting there at 10 30 and it's and it's lo lo loading some stuff in but uh describe your your typical um day on the road um as a front of house engineer with night ranger it's it's uh it's certainly not uh you know it it's work, you know, and you got to love what you're doing because, you know, we put in crazy hours and then we travel all over just to get to those crazy hours. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, I just feel blessed that I'm able to do something that I love to, I would do it for free to this very day. And, and until that changes, I'll, I'll, or until I can't work anymore or lose my hearing, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep at it. But we do, um, Typical day. I mean, there's there audio. The audio aspect is kind of cool uh, because there's there there's. I don't know if people even realize this, but there's my main function is literally just to mix what the people in the audience hear, and uh, I get a huge high off of it because I'm, you know, if I'm way off and I'm having a bad day, even if the band's on, I'm you know it's not a good day for you know from the crowd's vantage point. They know something's not right, and uh, you know if I those days when I'm on the band's on, lighting is on, everything's hitting. It's I still I get goosebumps and you know well I don't get hair my hair on my head doesn't stand up but <laughs> but um, you know we we have two there's from an audio standpoint there's two two different guys there's we have another guy that tours with us on stage and he handles all the uh, he's a monitor engineer he handles all the uh, bands in ear mixes what they're hearing on stage so that they can all play together <laughs> and so forth and uh, i am i as i mentioned earlier i have no skill set for that nor do i want to and uh it that's tough uh, i mean i i get to just you know to me it's just trying to make it sound like the record and trying to take the room out of the room you know the boom out of the room and all that good stuff but uh he, you know they gotta they have cues they got he's got to take care of the, this band hand and foot and you know and that is a job that really takes some some skill so we have you know two different soundboards completely autonomous of each other the guy on stage takes care of the band i take care of you know what the people hear and uh, you know we get there, get we're first ones there, last ones to leave. I mean, literally, you know this this year, like when we're out doing the Brett uh, Jefferson Starship uh, those dates and doing those shed dates, you know we we would roll overnight, uh, one show after another, get there early in the morning, seven thirty. I would be on stage with uh, Brett's guys and the local guys, uh, you know, chalking the stage and figuring out how, you know, the logistics for the day, how we're going to unload trucks, get them on, get them off, make the set changes. You know, what people don't see, they just, they, they walk in and see a show and they see one band play and suddenly the equipment disappears and the next band's playing and that disappears and suddenly then the headliner's playing and, you know, they don't realize the thought process a lot of times and, and the work that goes into the logistics of making that, just rolling that stuff on and off stage and getting it to, getting it to work. So we're there early in the morning um and it's a lot of hurry up and wait you know we get in we do a lot of work and then we sit and wait for you know wait for stage on on that tour anyways we wait for the stage and wait for brett to get done and and build all of our stuff backstage roll it out when it was our turn jam it together and run out and do a quick sound check or a lot of days we didn't even bring the band and we just rested them and and then uh, we would do uh you know do a little line check and open doors and have some fun you know when we're headlining uh shows it's a little different different scenario you know we 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 uh, get in get it up get it on uh, line check or sound check for the band wants to come in and then uh you know cover up and push back for you know for the support act and and give them some time so they can have some fun as well so you know but it you know my my uh my side of things as a front of house guy is it's challenging 
because environments daily, you know, I, I, we carry a console with us and, you know, the, I always tell people the mix in the console, you know, God willing sounds good. My job is to get it from, you know, if I put headphones on and I listen, you know, I play back the tracks and I listen to what's in the mix. It sounds great. It sounds like a record, which is the goal always. But the, the challenge is always every day, you know, I could be in a PAC, I could be doing a, you know, state fair, we could be in a shed or an arena and they all sound so different and their you know, technology is crazy now versus when I first started. But, you know, the, my job is to get what's in that console out to the people and then, and then take that one step further and make sure that all seats are as good as they can be. I mean, you know, low end tends to get boomy in certain areas and, and down front always seems to be the worst seats when you think they would be the best, but yeah. so you're so close, you know? So I, <clears throat> I spend, I spend a lot of time walking around uh, and trying to even out the little, the little front fill speakers that you, that people hear down front and getting a blend. So it, it sounds natural and trying to not crush, you know, you know, a hundred people on one side and, Ten thousand people up can you know, can't hear. There's just a lot of challenges to try to make it sound good to everybody. And then at the end of the day, I'm getting old. I don't like to knock people out of their out of their seats with volume either. I like it to sound big, and you know, I'll let that low end go at times at the end of the show and or at the end of a song. And but I don't like it to sit there and just pound on people all night. But to me, that's not. A, I don't want. I wouldn't sit through that. You know. So there's a lot of challenges. Like I can, you know, behind the scenes. You know, that's one thing that you know i've been privileged with doing this is <clears throat> seeing what goes behind the scenes and i can't say it. a lot of people don't know that uh radley was a behind the scenes hero at the uh, beginning of this party gras tour um no. you definitely <laughs> took the lead and uh, i'll leave it at that but uh um, i appreciate that but uh, we, you, all the camps got along really well and, you uh, and, uh you that was a good thing you saw the expertise of the night ranger crew that's what um you know i'm just gonna say there no, it's like uh, I that. um you know being in that circle now for a while and being at different shows with different artists um the one thing i can say is um and being in the military forever is night the night ranger you know crew and the whole machine is run more like the military than a lot of the other ones uh um you know so uh but anyways you definitely uh, like like the military though it takes a team and, and we night yeah. ranger were very blessed with uh with a really good bunch of our crew is just fantastic i mean yeah. brad is a very difficult guitarist to take care of not as not personality wise necessarily but you know his uh his old school guitars and yeah. and i mean we, our guitar tech is phenomenal our drum tech is just fantastic our monitor guy has patience and is just <laughs> crushing it you know lighting guy is i mean as good as it gets i mean it's just we you know our you know, ed our tour manager who i know has been on here i mean everybody just we've all found in we have angela our doing our our uh, onstage uh stuff i mean she's she we really have a great crew you know, yeah. so you know, it, well, it, it takes it takes a village. Well, just what you <laughs> what you what you said going around and checking different, you know, areas. Um, I'm sure a lot of front of house people do that, but I'm also sure there's probably a lot. I, I've been don't. to some shows where I don't think they do. Yeah, uh, I mean, recently I've been. My wife and I were, were in Texas to see Pearl Jam, and at one point she looks at me, she goes, Are, "Is that does that sound as bad to you as it does to me?" And I said, "Yeah, it sounds what well, we always call it muddy." Right, you, you, it was very it just work. low. Yep, that works. Yep, absolutely. and I'm like, I don't know what the sound guy's hearing, 
but like he should be able to hear that and fix that. Now I don't know what the problem was, but it was really muddy. I wanted to sure. ask you real quick though. I was uh I was at the Ryman show and I wanted yeah. to ask oh, how like hard is what? the it, it was Man. fantastic. I actually I, I I bumped into you. I had to run a set list up to you for the show, but um I remember how, how hard is that venue because it's old and acoustically it, is it built for because when you sit under the rafters, because I do that a lot for shows I yep. go to there, the sound is not great underneath the balcony. Right. And they've got speakers. Of seats under there. Right. They got speakers, but it, it's not real good. But then you get, like, if I go up, I'll run up sometimes, sometimes to the top. And I'm like, oh, my God, the sound is so much better. Yeah. But uh, well, I don't, that's I, typically where the sound guy's sitting, too. So you would hope. Exactly. We, we, uh, I enjoyed the the heck out of it. I mean, that was a bucket list place to, to make. So I mean, yeah. who would have thought Ranger at the Ryman, right? you know so but it was it was fantastic and standing room only was just was just awesome the uh i didn't i didn't the 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 ryman staff i mean they have everybody going through there so they their their initial setup of their system their house system that's in there uh is pretty darn good you know i didn't yeah. i didn't re reinvent the wheel I, I typically in a lot of venues like that they know what they're doing and i it's I, I don't i'm not good enough and smart enough to they sit there every day every show and they know they know all the little idiosyncrasies so a, a person like myself who tours with the band uh you know we carry like i said we carry a console so i've got the mix in there and i would be foolish if i didn't rely on guys like that because they know the room and i ask them you know what's the difference during a show when the bodies come into the room what's going to happen i mean we, you know let's let you know and, they, and they're happy to help because they want the same thing at the end of the day that i do a good day and good sound and 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 get through it so that i didn't have a lot of struggle we spent a, what i did do is spent a lot of time running up and down uh early on and during sound check to hear the difference from what i'm hearing upstairs to what all those people under that deep balcony are hearing right. and trying to balance it out and get it get that as as as, uh, as smooth as i could get it and um that was my challenge of the, of the day. And then just at, at some point, with all, once all those bodies get in there, just sit back and have some fun, let it happen. And and uh, I, I I really had a blast. It was a great, good day and and uh, yeah. absolutely great show. I think, I think the band crushed it. Yeah, well, it was a, it was an amazing show. I was loving every minute of it. Um, I, one other thing, and I'll, I'll, I will i will want to interrupt Josh. I know Josh has got a feed that he wants to do, but or, uh, a line. But out of curiosity, because we're you know, we don't know. And with, I know with new technology, you can kind of preset things and you see all the phasers move in and out. You can't really do that from venue to venue, can you? You can't have a preset because it's going to change no. based I mean, on the room. And and literally, I mean, you know, the, the these consoles are now versus the old days when they were, you know, analog, tons of knobs and nothing. You know, I mean, you had to you, you literally turn everything into the, these digital consoles. You store things in memory. So technically... Uh, you know, if I go back to the same venue twice, I could recall that show and my work should, I should be ahead should of the game, but so many things change that I, I find myself not doing that. I just start from my normal, my normal routine, every venue, every time I go into them. And um, because there's so much environmental issues. I mean, I, I could have done that in the temperature and the venue was empty and it was, you know, it was 80 degrees because they had the heat in or, you know, or it was cold, which is typically it's freezing when we're in there. And then the, because the, they chill it out. And then when bodies come in there, the whole mass of the room changes, the temperature changes, the humidity changes. So everything about the sound changes. So okay. I just, you know, I just try to always start from scratch. I got a little routine that I've done for years and, and uh, for better or worse, it seems to, seems to work for me. Cool. What, um, Good question, though. What uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer, you know, a theater, you know, 
or a, a stadium arena, arena or an outdoor shed just i guess one which is the easiest and then two <laughs> when it comes to like the art of it you know and making your masterpiece of making it oh, this is the sound that i want which is the best which is the best palette like the best one to start i'm probably a little different i think that if you ask that i think you could probably get a different answer from every guy you every front house guy you'd ask that to um absolutely different environments for sure you know and i mean any anytime you're just flat out outdoors on a you know big uh big mobile stage with you know 10 15,000 people to me that's the easiest the only trick in that is that typically our our those tents that they put up and put us on out in the middle of there they sound horrible i i mean you got to you got to stick your head out or do i you know i use a an rta mic to help me monitor but where we we typically are sitting even though we're in the middle of the crowd these big tents uh, a lot of times we can't take the roofs off of them, you know, for for rain or sun or what whatnot. Uh, and uh, they they it's not what it sounds like where the people are and where where I am is a little bit different. But there's no reflections, so you, you get you get to hear the reverbs that that we're using and the effects that we're using and and the spread. And I mean, it's just it's 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 a blast. But I'm I'm a little different, I think, than some. I I like arenas because they're they're big and there's, there, there's a natural energy to them that you try to recreate a lot of the time with, uh, with the effects that we add in like on an outdoor show. And uh, if you can get out of the way of them and, and, and uh, let the rooms do what they do, those shows can sound so big and beautiful and just lush. Um, I think sheds are fun, but they're challenging because there's so much reflection going on there and you have a you know half the crowd is under a roof half of them are up on a on grass seats up behind you and you're using a, a lawn system to try to balance the, the that out and still get some energy up there uh theaters are obviously a, very much of a challenge because some have incredibly deep balconies over the top of you and and uh you can you know i've been in theaters where i'm sitting at my console and i literally can't even see my pa and i'm thinking you know yeah. i can't see it how can i hear it you know i mean just sometimes the logic in some of these venues are but you're you're there and you got to do what you, what you got to do you got to use you know some of the 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 speakers that the the, the venue has you know under the balcony out in the lobbies up on top you know, they have little fill speakers and you just you got to take some time and walk the room and and try to make it sound as even as, as you can because that's obviously all always the goal so i mean there there is challenges with every venue and every day and everyone's different you know when when we're doing sheds this this earlier this year every shed was completely different you know and uh we were fortunate to have some great pa on the road with us but uh it different every day you know so we we would tune it and do what we could to, to slow that down and as soon as bodies came in all of it changed and uh but in, in the end it, you know you just work it and you know and uh Get your get, get your get your best mix possible. Can I, Dave? Can I ask as a? Can you use the the opening act to kind of gauge by listening to their sound? So, because as you said, it changes for sure. So then, when you're sitting there going, okay, so he's adjusting all this stuff, and well, then use them as like your guinea room. pig. Really, it's you know, because I mean, engineers just mix different. You know, um, you know, Mike, uh, who was uh, engineer for uh, for Jefferson Starship when we were doing the the Brett those Brett shed dates, um, excellent engineer. You know, and and uh, but he we mix different. You know, not for better or for worse, different, different. Just you know, different, it's just yeah. just different. And uh, so I just would have to hear how like his low end was reacting in the room now that bodies were in there. And I, I would always go out right before you know just you know before his set was over. I'd look at my uh, my 
my RTA mic and kind of look and see what DB he was at, see where he was running his show at, because he can feel how the room kind of spits back at certain things. And I just make mental notes on you know that he's pretty good where he's sitting. I don't want to overdo that because sometimes that works against you. Too loud isn't always good. Actually, sometimes I think it's it's more often bad than good. And uh, you know, so yes, absolutely, use some good. And Brett's uh, Brett's engineer would do this, do the same thing. The great thing was we all worked together because we, you know, we're all trying to help each other at all times, and that's a great thing. Yeah. So nobody was covering up screens and not telling you know, I, you know, if I if right. I was stumbling with something, I tell Brett's guy, you know, I, I tell him, you know, tell Bob, I'd, you know, watch out for this man. It was loading up here in the load, and you know, and, and you know, he was listening. He'd come over and look at what I was doing or something. I mean, we all worked together, and I love that. That's the way it should because we just want at the end of the day, all acts. It's not who's better, who's worse. It's watching the people walk out or go, man, this was a what a great night, you know. And that's what we're all after. So, so top, Josh, top remember bottom. we were all at the uh, Northern Kentucky show. It was in like a conference room with a wall of glass. It was literally glass. It was. But I'll tell it you, was glass on one side. <laughs> it sounded so great in that room, though. Uh, you guys did I magic. I mean, we were out in the lobby for Starship, and I kept going, man, that sounds so – I mean, you could, it was clear. Of course, I appreciate in that. Night Ranger, yeah. I rushed the stage and – you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that was fun. Yeah, I don't really care about the sound. I'm trying not to get thrown out of the building. Um, yeah, that was another good crowd standing room only. It was a great yeah. night. It was it was fun. I mean, I didn't get it because I walked in and I grew up there. And I'm like, we're in like the, it's like a conference room, right? Literally but, was. Yep. Yeah. It's, but we had. I mean, I was there with a group of people. We had so much fun. Like, what yep. a great night. It absolutely was. Yep. For for sure. Um. Well, sp speaking of, uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but uh. I got cool video, but I don't want to put it out there. Um, I was behind the stage, <clears throat> right behind like this, you know, all the the personal, you know, amplifiers and everything. So like, right. uh, you still rock in America? The guitar solos. I had it to where I could just hear the guitar only, but it was cool because there's nothing else, so I could hear exactly what Brad was playing, and then exactly what Carrie was playing, and then during the you know the rest of the song when jack's singing you couldn't hear the singing you couldn't hear the drumming you could just hear them you know just and, the rhythm track um well we flip uh the the set cards that we carry with with them obviously all the guys are on in-ears so we don't have any monitor wedges or any speakers on stage making a lot of noise um and in those set carts that are covered up that the guys run up and down on those uh all the guitar amplifiers are in there and um we other jack's uh bass speakers still face forward because he likes to feel a little bit on stage but both guitar players we actually have the cabs facing backwards uh so that it doesn't wipe me out at front of the house and the band started doing that when i first started with them it wasn't it was everything on stun facing forward and it was insane uh thank god for technology and the the in-ears and everything so yeah we just we we use them more to isolate it but we still they still like the old school you know, carrying a guitar big guitar head and guitar cabs and getting the tone out of it and miking it um but we spin it around now and aim them backwards that's why you were hearing it so clear back there because uh, but i didn't want to hear that out uh, up front by me at all well it's just it was just <laughs> basically having you know just one you know one and two instruments and that was it you could actually hear like the yep. rhythm and stuff like that absolutely what's, what's the biggest difference um we i think we were talking a little bit right before we started recording but um you know with musicians obviously loud music hearing right um 
I think we were talking about equipment in the eighties and you just mentioned it here. We were talking about that show in Cincinnati or whatever with starship um, about how there's nothing on stage. Right. Um, back in the eighties and nineties, how loud was it on stage? Ridiculous. As, as compared Painfully to the- not, not good. No, just yeah. loud. I mean, literally. I mean, we, we, I, I it wasn't clear. I, no, it was, it was, and, and see, from a front of house side of things, my job, again, I'm trying to get clear to everybody. I want everybody to walk out of there, you know, having heard every word that the singer sings and clearly so they can understand the word, not just know the singer singing. I mean, yeah. there's a difference with that. And, and, and it's, and especially in rock and roll country, it's easy because you just throw the country, the singer way up on top and mix <laughs> everything else around it with a band like this, uh, you know, or, you know, working with Dennis and doing the stick stuff there, the, the challenge is keeping the band wrapped around them and finding space for that vocal in the center without it being so far on top. But you still want, you want people to hear every word, even though, you know, the song, I, me sitting out at front of house, I know the lyrics. So it's easier for me to understand them psychologically because I'm, I already know them. So it's, I, it's easier for me to, to make sure that it's clear, but you got to, you know, got to think from the, the vantage point that some of these people, I haven't heard all these songs and they don't know the words. They want to hear what, what the singers are singing. So, you know, trying to get that clarity and push that over. If with all that stage volume, it, it was, you have to mix over it. It was just loud everywhere, you know, and now we can get big and not, try not to be quite so loud and, and abusive and still get that clarity and mix more like it's a record, which is always, always my goal. It's, it's, you know, be, do, going live on the night ranger pages, you know, most 99% of the people realize one, this isn't going to sound like you're at a concert, right? The cool thing about the video is you're, you're seeing it, you know, from behind Kelly or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why it's right. a cool video. It's not, I want to hear it be pristine like I'm there. Well, no, that's not what it is, you know. But you'll get people, you'll get that one person like, I can only hear the drums. Yeah, because you know? right. I'm standing behind Kelly. Yeah, it's like, right, well, right. I'm like, you know, it's, it's funny like, how that works. That's like, well, <laughs> two, two things. Because I'm you standing know, by the drummer. <laughs> I'm behind the drummer. I'm behind, you know, any amplification and anything on stage is all in, in ear monitor. Right, um, correct. You know, it's more about hey, you get a cool backstage view. Yeah. Yeah, um, crowd over, over the top of Kelly. It's, yeah. Those are great shots. Um, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, but I'm amazed too. It. You know, it's so different where I'm f- at all you know going live or taking photos or whatever at every point in the venues, and it's just how quiet it is up on stage. Like I remember there right. was I remember there was one show. There was a theater. And there was like this, and obviously, you, you know, you, some of these theaters, there's rooms you have no idea what they're used for. You know, you're backstage. It's either all small or there's weird steps. Where does this go? I don't know. But I was in <laughs> some room. It was right behind the stage. But it was, it was a little bit bigger than a closet, but it didn't have a door. I don't know what the hell they used it for. But I was just in there because there was enough, like, you know, wall in between the stage and the band to where it blocked out some stuff. Right. I was able to hear like a total different mix of it because, okay, this is, I can't remember how it sent, you know, what was unique about it, but let's say I'm not hearing any of the guitars. This wall was cutting all that out and I'm hearing just Kelly's drums and Jack and Eric. Right. I'm just standing in there and Ed's like, you know, he sees me 
probably a few times and i'm just standing in this room by myself he's like after a while he stopped he's like what the hell are you doing i'm like it's just weird i've never you know just checking out this mix if you're in if you're in this room you it just it cuts out everything um the broom closet mix yeah Yeah. (laughs) so dave let me ask you when you so once you get it set so maybe you're two or three songs in and the show's running right are you on a cruise control at that point? Are you still I mix, tweaking? I like, are you always, always like, wait a minute? It, it yeah, never. Always. You never get to sit back and go all, all the right, way to the last note of the night. Yeah, absolutely. Rock it up. I mean, it obviously gets easier because the, the, again, the environment changes from sound check to that first note when they come out and you know and and start the show. The environment changes. I mean, bodies come in there, and that mass of the, the physical mass of people changes the way the room sounds, the heat, the humidity, the temperature, all that affects it. So, no matter how tight sound check sounds, I I don't do certain things with sound checks because I know that when the bodies come in, high end's going to change, low end's going to change. So, I, I sometimes it's you know sound checks aren't quite as tight as you'd like to hear them if, if at show level. But I the first couple songs always are a lot more work because you're just getting that into that groove, like you said. But once uh, once we once we get you know the, I can actually start mixing and not fighting the room. It's a lot more fun. But I I'm always changing a little bit of of something, you know, just as people singing you know standing. If I push it a little louder, things might get a little bitey, and I don't want that that uh, you know to, that annoying mid range killing people. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's always I mix literally right to the very last note of of the song, of the, sounds, of the of the show. It sounds like you need patience as a sound man because I feel like if I was a sound man. After like song three, if I didn't have it right, I would just say fuck it and turn all the knobs up. I'll tell you the truth. Honest truth, two two things I'll say to that. Yes, you gotta have patience because because uh the patience more so than anything, I've got to deal with management uh with an opinion. I've got to deal with band members that that walk out and give me an opinion. And uh and then literally you gotta deal with fans and everybody else that have opinions. Uh so you know you got to have some patience for that for for sure um i i think i think it's it's if if you're if you're going after the right thing and you're I care about the show as much as the guys do. You know, I mean, I want my stamp on it. I want every person when they're walking, I sit right in the middle of it. I got like the best seat in the world because at the end of the show, I can't swim upstream and get backstage. I mean, I sit up front, start tearing my stuff down. And so everybody leaving every venue walks past me and especially theaters and venues like that, that everybody will tell me their thoughts. They're not bashful, you know, and I can hear them when they're not even talking to me, what they're saying to their, to their peers as they're walking out. And uh, I take it very personally. I, if I get one person that says, I couldn't hear the vocals. You know, or mm-hmm. something, and I, I will literally, with a smile, Fester on that. ask. I'll say, "Where were you sitting?" You know, because you know, like here they they were on top and they're very clear. And I will ask, "Where were you sitting?" And then I'll actually, because I care, I'll ask a, a question and and make yeah. a mental. Well, they were down front, and you know, they're under a speaker, and I must it must not have had something hidden in them hard. But you know, you you ultimately can't please everybody all the time, especially in a, in a live show. But man, I sure try. You know what I mean? Because that that's everybody bought a ticket and I don't care where your seats are, nosebleed or down front, you should be able to hear that show and enjoy it and not be thinking about the sound or you should be just having a blast and forgetting about what's going on in the world for 90 minutes, you know? Well, I think it's um when you have someone who I mean, I th- I think making a Night Ranger show sound good is going to be easy when you have someone like yourself who's passionate like that along with a band 
that still sounds good and performs for sure and still enjoys yeah, they it. care so and when it you, all starts with that yeah. absolutely because when, you know we, we joke a lot brad is very active uh you know sound checks he'll walk out into the crowd uh, into the seats and he'll take his his ears out and listen to the mix and he'll you know he'll point at things and tell me you know what he would do up and down and and so forth and uh i i think a lot of audio guys like myself i think that would rub a certain you know a certain way uh brad trusts me but he has that passion that i would i'll take that any day i you know with with dennis uh dennis de young i mean unbelievable not i i'll use the word controlling but it's it's not controlling Un, but he really every aspect of that show he i mean he'd be on before i'd even be done loading out he'd be you know texting me saying i'm watching youtube and the vocal mix what you know i mean <laughs> you know, it's all, I will, I love artists like that. I don't think they're pain in the asses. They they have as much passion. It fuels me, you know. I mean, I don't take it personally. I wouldn't be there if they didn't trust me, you know. So you know, Dennis had a great line years ago where you know uh, he was he had given me the business and the uh, called me into his dressing room after the show and just gave me all sorts of business. I, 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 an acoustic guitar went down during the show, and I mean, it, at the absolute worst time, you know, Murphy's Law. And um, we were we were talking about now it's you know production manager as well as mix in front of house you know, same thing I'm doing with Night Ranger, and um, he just just was I mean giving me up to one side and down the other just absolutely just digging it into me, and uh, I, yes sir and turned and you know after he was done I you know just yes no yes and and it was really nobody's fault just one of those things that happened and as I was heading to, I was just about to the door of the dressing room and and I heard him say Dave and I'm thinking oh aren't we done yet? <laughs> and I I turned around and, and looked at him I said yep. And, and he said, listen, he said, as long as I'm still yelling at you about these things, it means I still trust that you can fix them. If I don't bring any of this stuff to you at, at some point and stop asking you and, and yelling at you about this stuff, he said, that's the day you might want to think about getting another job. And he yelled at me till the very end. So I guess that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, because he cares. Said, exactly. I'll take it any day. Uh, regarding the the ongoing for the throughout the night the mix that's something I just thought of while we were talking is you know, so I'm a drummer and yep. my energy level towards the end of the night will change now you, do you have to you have to be real cognizant of if he's still hitting at the same all, all that aggression yeah, there's, there's, there's first tricks that first we, five songs I'm giving it hell out of the last song I'm singing wise they're over singing in the beginning and and getting a little tired at the end but there's little tricks that that uh audio guys that have been doing okay. it while we and yes. we do to, to help and balance the, that in that the 80s out. it was called cocaine yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't remember that but they tell me I had fun <laughs> well Josh you know Josh you talk about like the 80s I Brent and I went to the Van Halen 1984 tour at Cincinnati Gardens and it was just loud. I can't tell you a memory of that. Well, I have shitty memory, but I mean, it was just, and we were at the very back of the gardens, the, the last row against the wall. And it, the gardens was kind of a crappy venue in Cincinnati. I don't know that Cincinnati has a good concert venue to be, I mean, yeah. River Bend's nice and all that. And the theaters are nice, but the, the Coliseum and the, the Cincinnati gardens are not great, but it was just loud. Dave jumping around and just guitar solos. I'm like, I, you know, though, you know, I'm I sure think, it's good. I think, I think there's, you know, there's always asterisks and it may be, Hey, Van Halen, 1984, you know, I know you're a good sound guy, but push all those things up. It, it might've been, uh, like, I, to... I will now, now this is the, like talking about sound and arenas, Dave, you know, and speaking of Van Halen, um, when I saw Van Halen, like 2008, I was maybe like 
down, you know, in the lower bowl. And a buddy of mine in the military was upstairs. And I went up to his section. He was in the very last row. And I was sit up there for, you know, three songs, talk to him a little bit, watch the show. And I was like, man, it just, it's, you know, sounds horrible. They just sound horrible. And as I walked down the stairs, now being cognizant of why, why does this show sound horrible? When I got to like almost a certain step halfway down that lower bowl, the sound completely changed. Right. And I'm like, you know, I was like, I should go up there and tell them that it's two different concerts, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're just up here talking, sure. talking about how much, but that was one show where I saw Absolutely. a, uh, a. Absolutely. Well, we had that Josh, I don't, I don't only jump ahead, but regarding the, the, the Cleveland, the youth orchestra, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I was going to ask you like, well, let's, let's, how let's, many let's, channels let's, and let's, let's get into that towards the end. Um, you know, cause I do want to talk about the, um, the youth orchestra show. Um, Dave, what is one piece of technology that is almost like a game changer from when you started? Was there something that came out a certain company or device or drum triggers, you know, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if I can if I could give you a, a one because technology has changed so much. You know, I mean, I'm you know I'm tickling sixty, and you know I've done this you know, for a lot of years, and and I've seen a lot of changes. And you know, we were our industry was very resistant early on when you know computers were taking over the world. Uh, our our industry, we still were doing analog consoles and you know big racks of um, of effects and dynamics, and and um, when that all changed, I actually kind of resisted it uh and then realized if i didn't embrace it i wasn't going to be working because it wasn't going away and now looking back i mean what what i'm able to do you know and, and literally just hold on a thumb drive to be you know to be straight up yeah. um you know we do a fly date and uh, i'll ask for a specific console and that i have a show file on and I, like we're going to a good example is um we're this week we're louisiana on saturday and we go down to cancun uh, for a for an event down there, Planet Hollywood, uh, we're playing with Benatar and a couple others uh, other acts, and and, uh, and we obviously don't carry our gear. We we use local stuff. We fly certain components, but we don't carry consoles or anything. I literally can go in with a, a thumb drive loaded onto the console that they supply that I've that I've requested, and hit a recall button, and chick 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 chick, everything comes up from the last show that I stored. How can that be a bad thing? Right. You know? In the old days, you'd have to start from scratch and just turn every knob on every channel and, <clears throat> and, and work it. I kind of miss that some days, but uh, you know, it's like it's like going from listening to your, you know, to a, you know, to something on, you know, a, a streaming music source, and then going back and grabbing that same song and listening to it on record player on an album, and going, oh my god, I forgot yeah. that's how they wrote it and that's how it was supposed to sound. But uh, I mean, these digital consoles uh, and technology and the speakers have changed over the years tremendously. You know, we now use uh, these, you know, line array, it's what it's called. And and in the old days, it was just these point source massive PAs that just, I mean, point a box at somebody. And if you wanted them to hear it, you pointed a box at them. And now we have technology and beam steering and all these things that we can do to try to help make that sound as even as we can through all the aspects, like you said, so if you're in the back of the venue, you're hopefully in the same show as the, as the sound guy is sitting in the middle of the venue. You know, we have ways of, of really, I'm literally watching it on a computer and trying to change it and stay on top of it. So it's, it's awesome. Um, let's get a little bit into that, uh, night ranger world. Um, but I want, before we dive into the deep end, you said something about shawl blades. 
um, huh. that you did their tours. What was the what year was the first one you did? No, it's early two thousands. I don't remember exactly the well, years. I did. I did both. Uh, they, we did two pretty good sized runs, and I did uh, did both of them. It was a lot of the Sticks crew and myself. Uh, I Jack brought me along. I think you know, just you know, I was his boy at the time, so he brought me in, and and uh, I was fortunate enough to mix that. And and uh, man, that thing took off. That was a lot of fun. The Shaw Blades. So they did. They did one in ninety five. Not a very uh, large one, but uh, and then two thousand seven is when they did a lot of a lot of shows kind of like, i think two tours they did like one in the yep, summer we, yep one exactly. in the uh winter Those are the ones that i did yes uh i should have just asked you 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 yeah. uh yeah i'll tell you yeah. well I, did, I, I didn't know if you if you were there that those those few scattered dates in 95 um so yeah you were there um Nine or in 2007, the uh, Akron at Tangiers. It was like absolutely, a absolutely uh, cool. Absolutely. It's no, it's unfortunately no longer there. But it was like your, you any mobster casino movie that you could think of. They had this place in Akron, Ohio. Like a, it was a cabaret where you had tables and dinner tables and um and dinner. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I always. Yeah, you know, people want to time awesome. tra time travel and go back and see like dinosaurs and shit. But like, I want to go back to like 1981 and go to that place because all these legends who weren't considered legends yet were playing this right. cabaret. You, in 1981, you could go, you could have went and seen Tina Turner, you could have went and saw Ray yep. Charles, and just been right there with them. Um, Absolutely love that. Um, but uh, but it, <laughs> um, so let's just get into the you know you said you started with night ranger in the late 90s that sound about sound sounds about, about right. right yep all right so so it was still watson era yeah so a lot of a lot of weekend rib fest back then yep. it, it seemed I went like to all, most of those uh i remember st louis and yeah i remember a bunch of them absolutely yeah. so it seemed like Whenever you, I saw a Night Ranger tour list from 1999 to 2004, it was St. Louis Rip Fest, you know, Memphis yep. Rip Fest. Um, so uh, I went to one in Cleveland. Yeah, they were, hey, listen. <laughs> On that waterfront down under the bridges and stuff, they were in a, uh, like, a, it looked like an airline hangar. Looked like Sweetwater. If that's Actually, what that was cool, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I was there. Right down on the on the waterfront there. Yep. I, I know exactly oh, okay. what you're talking um, It's like a metal roof dome. Like, yes. Said, just, it might just Sweetwater. I, I will I will have to tell you the time that I took my buddy who I had been drinking a lot. He had been drinking away a lot. We went and saw Rob <laughs> Zombie there. Oh right and, on. Um, but I know what you're talking about because you kind of went down. Yeah. And it was part of the old uh uh not the flats, was it? No, flats was it, um it was right up on the it was right where the uh what's the um uh I don't think it's called city center, but where the, the big uh the the damn big building with the uh, had the hard rock in it in the mall it's it's right there when you when you pull in you'll hit the baseball stadium the the arena, arena the arena and then that next set of buildings is that city center whatever it's called and you would actually go down yeah right you know and um yeah uh i it was no the old enter entertainment district i think yeah. i mean i don't know what um it's no longer there uh but they had like all the the old train bridges like yeah there's a train bridge there just you know frozen in place but uh and then uh ribs galore yeah so and uh, night ranger so i mean i, I was happy as so i got yeah. i got ribs and night ranger 
Well, let's let's go back. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to that era. How was it mixing Fitz? You were in the Fitz era. Uh, Fitz wasn't right? there. It was Michael R.D. when I was with him. All right. So then, guess what? You weren't there in '99. Um, I'm going. Yeah, it was to... Michael Michael R.D. and Jeff Jeff on guitar yet. Uh, listen, Fitz was there through 2002, my friend. Um, I don't know what we'll to. All right. So let's go to Jeff then. Tell us what it was like mixing Jeff a little bit. I loved him. Uh, still still do um i think you know it, it being a hack guitar player myself there's something <laughs> about that original chemistry yeah that i mean that ranger's been just blessed i mean brad's brad is a stable he's an iconic guitar player i mean just the the whammy bar stuff he does is is mind-blowing um and Night Ranger has been blessed with an you know amazing you know you know the guitar players they've had since Jeff I mean just super talented all all of them all straight straight through, and um, but there's something about the two those two guys playing together that is just I mean they wrote the songs they did the stuff they 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 it, it's just there's just something there whether it's just pure talent or not, not i don't think it has anything to do with that there's just that weird weird chemistry i mean off the record I, although obviously i'm on the record yeah. uh i mean I, I'd, I'd love to see him you know back in at some time for some some run but uh, i mean i i don't know i stay out of the politics so i don't know you know that, that i don't even think that's even an option at this point in the game but uh, i just i absolutely loved it i mean it was just a, a great the two of them played so well together uh, they just knew it, instinctively what each other was going to do, and they complement. They, they were literally polar opposite <laughs> guitar players that just worked so good together. Yeah. So he was, you know, there. It was just, it was a, a bad time uh, at the end there, and it was a lot of, not necessarily just from Jeff, but just a lot of negativity. And you know, he was struggling with some, you know, his shoulder and a bunch of things, and and it just, I think, things peaked. Uh, all at the wrong time uh, and uh, and they you know they did what they thought was what they thought was best and and uh, you know the band in its current form is freaking amazing you know mm -hmm. so you know yeah. we're, we're we're loving every any, every minute of it but and I, it was cool I was glad to be part of that and I think you know a lot of people always you know think of Jeff as this shredder and I'm like you know like he's got the most melodic that so the solo for four in the morning that's a Jeff Watson solo and that Beautiful. is just just the most melodic you know and I think too it's like I think what made them great is you had both those guys in the same band like each exactly one right each one's exactly. gotta go I gotta make this hard as fuck yeah. <laughs> you know because <laughs> exactly. he knows the other guy is so good so yeah, it's like Brad on the whammy and you know Jeff yeah. with the eight fingers and beautiful Les Paul and yeah it's just it's it was a so, great blend. So if you're just a single you know guitar player in a band, it's just like okay, I can do this solo and it's hard, but you know I yeah think, the George I, Lynch thing you know with Doc yeah. and that kind of thing yeah you know, phenomenal yeah. guitar player and it's just to hit whatever he wants to do however yeah. ever abstract it There's is no it's, one it's no one pushing him yeah, yeah. no but one pushing like, saying get a little better you know so whoever you know if Jeff's sitting there writing a solo like all right that's hard but. I gotta make it harder to play, you know. So Brad, you know, Brad's like, I need yeah. two whammy bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that's it's one exactly. thing. Exactly. I, I I think I told Brad, you know, as a you know, the one thing that you know, you know, always drove me to Night Ranger was, you can most bands you can sing lyric, you know, you can sing the songs, right? Like, but it's like with Night Ranger, I could always like sing the guitars, 
like the guitar parts, right? It's almost like a verse, uh, you know? That was like... really what made a great song back in that era. That's why I said early, you know, when we first started, you know, back when, you know, the songs were still good songs. I mean, there was a great lyrical hit, uh, hook. There's a great melodic hook, you know, whether it was a guitar lick or, you know, some some Fitz's uh, keyboard, signature keyboard lines, and they're like, rock in America, the, the background keyboard thing he's, yeah. he's doing that to me, that's a staple of the song. You know, I mean, yeah, we, but there were, yeah you there was these pull it out. So awesome. Listen, we talk Fitz's <laughs> praise on here all the time. I tell people it's like a lot of those riffs you got in your head that are, you know, guitar parts, those are keyboards. And you kind of forget it, me too, because they've incorporated those keyboard parts as guitar parts now and, you know, live. Right. But, um, um yeah it's just and you just don't think of i mean rumors in the air you know everybody thinks guitar but oh, it's like yep dude fits is all oh, over that fucking song exactly uh, eric does such a great job yeah. uh in with the band he's such a talented uh, unbelievable yeah. so and he does such a great job covering all that stuff yeah we've had eric on and like you know we'll like uh you know we've had him play play your I think we had to do 13 because he couldn't round it down to 10, but play your 13 favorite yeah. Fitz riffs. And it was cool. Just hearing it isolated. Like he calls right. like touch, touch of madness. He calls them the spooky sounds like right under, underneath the, uh, underneath the verses. And it's one of those things I've heard a million times, but now that he's, he pointed that out and played, yes. it, you know, isolated all on its own. Yeah. Now, whenever I hear that song, I don't hear Jack singing. I hear these, you know, these <laughs> haunting little, yeah. So that's uh, that was the beauty of Night Ranger. I mean, you know, you, the, the three of them working together, you know, two great guitar players, and then that, you know, the, the, just everything that he was tying it together with on the keyboards was, was just awesome. Loved now, it. Now, were you there for some of Reb? Reb says? Beach, yeah, Joel Holkstra. Uh, who else? We had another guy in there. Uh, Tristan Avakian played. Tristan, for, exactly. Yeah. I ran into him. He was doing some Queen thing recently. I ran into yep. him and we, we swap some uh, old stories. Tristan is a uh, fans in motion uh, alumni. We had him on. Great guy. Um, uh, his solo record, I always bring it up. Uh, he put out a record, you know, on his own. I, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, and a phenomenal record. Real dark and moody and uh, talented singer. Right. I was very surprised. But uh, um, and then we had Brandon Etheridge, which you may or not know. Nope. He. Uh, 2012 when Eric was having his first kid he couldn't make that weekend run and I happened to be at one of the shows um, and he was in Rock of Ages with Joel so Joel uh, so he flew in and played Rock three shows him. Yeah, um, but he's with Tristan in that Queen yeah oh right on I didn't realize tri that tribute. Awesome. Yeah. so both those guys were filling in um, and that yeah. Queen group that they they do I'm pretty sure that's the one that was handpicked by uh, Brian, Brian May, May and or uh, Roger. I believe, I believe yeah, so. both crazy yeah. good. Yeah, because I remember I think I asked him. I go, "Hey, if it was like dire situation, how long would it take from me through you to get a hold of Brian May?" <laughs> and he's like, "I think I could get it in less than 24 hours." Like to get <laughs> you know, that's phenomenal, I'm, and I'm like, hey, I'm only 24 hours away from Brian. Like, well, since you could do it, I got a question, real quick. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. So, so just saying. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's go through the members. Talk the praises of uh, to Eric Levy. Yeah, it, Eric's freak. I mean, he is literally a freak. 
Yeah. I mean, truly, the, then when it when I, I love it is like Boys of Summer and some of the stuff that, you know, that that doesn't come out very often uh, when we do. We don't do many acoustic shows anymore, but we, we were doing a few of them uh, last year. And um, th that that's another place that I just love because he just he, we you really get to hear him just bang. They'll let him take some solos. And stuff. But, uh, you know, if anyone catches any of his stuff that he does on LinkedIn or any of the socials, I don't do any of the mm -hmm. other socials, but I get to get his LinkedIn feeds and some he just he is just literally from another planet. I mean, talent wise, I mean, un unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, he's been sporting his fans in motion, uh, shirt for the last month in those. So we're getting a little bit of, a publicity. A bit of love. There. Yeah. I'll um, see if I, I sh if I was thinking I would have had mine on today, get a little, yeah, a little yeah, love we, from you guys. We, we, I think it's like next up on my clean t-shirt stack. So it, it's yeah, coming out yeah. quick. Well, I made sure I gave them to you guys on the road that way. Loved it. You know, I know hopefully the guys, you know, I can, you know, they'll keep I'll, in the after show rotation or, I'll say I'll be at the San Augustine show, so I expect to see it there. And I'll just... That's one that I won't be at. That's the one with Brett. I, that's when I'll be out oh. on my, my Santa run, my Christmas. Ah. So I've got a very good friend of mine, uh, Brian Simon, who uh, is Foreigner's Front of House guy. He's covering for me on those shows. So he should I? To, he mixed the band years ago as well. Should I walk by and go? Sounded okay. I mean, it's no rambling, Don't. but. No, this is sound like this is I, this is sound like a talent month. that guy has. Brian's amazing. No, he, he'll. I met. Phenomenal. I met Brian. Uh, he um, a sh I'm trying to think of what airport I picked him up at. Um, but yeah, Brian. I don't know. You know, maybe it was last winter or something. But there's a little run Brian filled in with you. Yep, in same thing. Last December. Yep, um, he covered some dates for me last December. So I met Brian for you know a couple shows. Like I can't remember exactly. I can remember oh. the restaurant restaurant we were in and everything, but um, lives in Florida now. But he's a die. You know, he's a he's a yeah. Midwest born and raised, and yeah. he's, he's my kind of guy. I love him. Yeah. Love him to yeah. death. Great guy. Uh, right. Foreigner snagged him up. I think right after yep. the uh, somewhere in California tour that they. Yep. They did. Left that um, ranger to go to foreigner. Been yeah. with him ever since. Um. So what about Mr. Kerry Kelly? What's the uh? Ooh. What's yeah, Carrie oh, yeah. Kelly? <laughs> uh, I got hey if uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, next time I'm, I'm around you, I'll give you some stickers, um, yeah. aces and nails. Aces. Um, Wait, let me let me peel one off the bottom of my shoe because I think I got about ten of them. <laughs> up there. Um, whenever I send like if I ever send the guy, usually I'll send the guys something small for their birthdays or something. But inside the card, I always throw in a couple aces and nails stickers for them. Um, you know, because I know well, they need I know they need more. But uh, yeah, what's uh, just what's your thoughts on Kerry, man? What's what's fun about mixing him? Super talented guitar player, obviously. As I said earlier, the, you know, these guys have been so fortunate to you know have that that spot. Everyone everyone who's been in it has been you know more than worthy of it, and great. And, and Kerry's certainly no exception of it. Absolutely love it. I mean, he his the way he covers the the Jeff stuff, and he does the the eight yeah. finger stuff flawlessly. You know, and uh, I mean, just super talent. I mean, I love we, we you know we throw in the Alice Ozzy thing uh, on a, on occasion. I think we could do it every night because people love it. And you know, the, the, I like the tie back to the Alice Cooper stuff that he did. And uh, I mean, he just acoustically, you know, and electric. I mean, he's just an unbelievable guitarist. Hmm. Um, and that's what people, a lot of people, you know, don't pick up on is you know Jeff was such a phenomenal acoustic guitar player, right? Yeah. And you know. 
you don't you kind of don't think about it because it carry doesn't miss a step but playing those acoustics on you know goodbye and sentimental street and stuff like that first time i saw carrie kelly was with slash a snake pit 2001 in cleveland in this little club he was a kid yeah dude it was one of my favorite <laughs> favorite concerts there was probably we we're in a small room with like maybe 100 people and it's slash you know it's yeah and, dude those guys were tight and you know I'm sure there wasn't much sound mixing going on, but uh, he's, yeah. he's he's a, a player and a half. I mean, there, yeah. there's nothing you can throw at him that he can't do. You know, all styles, all all genres. He's got a great look. I love what he brings to the stage mm -hmm. and his energy. I mean, him, Brad. I mean, he he has definitely been there long enough at this point, you know, eleven years, whatever, however it's it's mm -hmm. been. He's been there. I mean, they are so in sync. You know, it super super. Yeah. Right now, this band is firing on all cylinders. It's a it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I, I tell people too on this podcast. It's like it's very rare that a band has one of their best decades in their fourth decade. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we're we're it's, we're extremely lucky. Um, I just saw somewhere, didn't I think? I think I just saw something about the. Symphony album uh, was charted on billboards. I, 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 I mean, one. number one on the classical crossover charts. Listen, who, who'd have thought we're selling out shows? Their first number one, 40 on. years later. Now, you, it's, it's insane, right? You notice, you notice, right? It's going like this, and then fans in motion, Josh Gustafsson, socials. Uh, I think that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know, uh, I'm telling you, man. It's just Josh, you shouldn't be so humble. I'm trying not to. Be. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't look good on you. You should let yeah, it the out. Bands, uh, you know, the band's having fun. The people coming out are, you know, they're I like like I said earlier, I hear what people are saying when they're walking out of the venues and and you know, the it's my era as well. You know, the night I mean, I remember when I got my my first Night Ranger record and you know, my my younger brother turned me on to it. I think I was probably I graduated in '84 and I think it was probably Maybe eighty five. I what, what Josh? What would have that been? What record? Eighty four would, would have been Midnight Madness. Midnight Madness. Eighty five was Seven Wishes. And I, I just remember seeing, you know, seeing the uh, seeing the the guys on there and listening to them. You know, I was you know I was into the typical eighties you know arena you know and and uh, you know the from anything from Priest to you know to Dokken and Rat and everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I just was blown away by the guitar playing. I remember it, remember it very well. But I hear people, you know, walking out on a regular basis, and they're just they're just so going back and loving the memories and you know from from that era. And they're you know, I think adding in those couple, you know, the Ozzy, the Ozzy and Alice stuff, um, and then also doing the couple damn Yankee song. People are generally having a good time at Night Ranger shows, and the band is having a good time. It's just it's just this and you know it just reciprocal infectious yeah. feel when you get there and just i mean especially this you know i don't want to get all political but especially in this day and age i mean it just feels so good just at the end of the night watching people yeah. walking out and seeing that genuine look on their faces that you know i mean i just forgot about <laughs> everything for 90 minutes and had a blast well, what was so. it at ryman josh was it highway to hell they did at the end of the night yeah yeah yes. unbelievable i mean i i i was talking to that ed was unscripted show, as well like, by the way that that, that we didn't know that was coming they just the didn't. crowd was going crazy yep. i was back in my seat people were losing their minds and i'm like they're just doing a cover of acdc but everybody knows that song and they're crushing this well, cover jack does a Honest, really, jack does a really good bond scott well and, yeah. but, and, and it's funny you said that because i was just gonna say my honest thoughts while they were doing it i'm listening to jack singing i go man he's killing this 
I hope he can sing tomorrow. Yeah, he's cruel as a voice. Five shows coming up. You know, I'm just, I'm listening to his voice. I'm going, that can't be good, you know. But, mm-hmm. I, but he didn't miss a beat. You know, he was he was all over. But yeah, he sings surprisingly well. Yeah. Well, I think, too, as like, you know, again, I'm going to, you know, talk fans emotion is I think it used to always be as a Night Ranger fan, you always felt kind of alone, right? Um, you know, I... I mean, you knew that they weren't making records just for you still, right? But you knew, like, I, I didn't know any other hardcore Night Ranger fans. Um, and I kind of equated to that Blind Melon video. Remember that little girl was the Bumblebee? And she's right, all yep. she's isolated by herself, and no one's like her. And then at the very end, there's that whole field of other people dressed like fucking Bumblebees, right? Bumblebees, and all, yep. Yeah. And I think that's one thing Fans in Motion has done is suddenly oh shit there's someone else out there that's fucking you know big in the night ranger and we've kind of brought this community of oh shit like there's a whole bunch of us we've got now people going to concerts if they don't have someone to go with they know people on the page and they just go and meet up with them and uh um beauty the beauty of social media man and uh The one yeah, good thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that's how it's supposed to work. Well, and I'm a dictator on the page, but um, yeah. yeah so you yeah. broke up. I just heard "dick." What was that? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> Didn't hear the rest of that. I, song, I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dick on the page too, but you know, I'm very zero negativity. Like, yeah, we don't put up. I mean, uh, they don't. I don't monitor it much, but uh, we we make it. I've bumped into people at shows, and they talk about. You know, kind of like we always joke about you're never alone anymore at a Night Ranger concert. You you can go by yourself, but you're going to find somebody. And with the T-shirts, now you start to recognize, hey, there's one of us. And um, but it's awesome. We just don't allow and you start you put something negative up. You start getting political. It's gone. Like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist. We don't want debates unless you want to argue over which is a better album, Dawn Patrol, Midnight Madness. Then you can healthily have that debate. We'll I mean, tell you where you're wrong, I, but you can do it. I don't care if someone goes, well, I like Jeff over Carrie, and here's why. Okay. Um, sure. I'll still bring it up, like, why do we need to have this discussion, like, you know, still, but whatever. But if you're going to go, Carrie sucks, or Jeff sucks. No, and, none of them and, suck. They're and, amazing. And, just well, all of them. That's where, yeah. we, that's where we get the delete happy at. Um, but uh, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Jack Blades. You know, what's what's it like being out with him, mixing him on a daily basis? Jack, Jack's my brother by another mother, man. I, <laughs> I absolutely love him. Uh, love, I mean, stayed very close with him over the years and, you know, Molly and, you know, James Collin. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole family has been just just great. My kind of people and and uh, enjoy the joy of the daylights. I, I mean, I think he, you know, he's the. The, the epitome of a front man, you know, I mean, the, the guy just naturally can command that crowd and always has been, you know, through the damn Yankee stuff as well. I mean, he's just got that certain something, something, you know, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I like to tell the the story. Um, when I first, um, when I first did the, the first run with uh, Shaw blades, uh, Jack and, uh, and Tommy were in the back of the bus, uh, working out a, an arrangement. I don't know. I know it was a 
Simon Garfunkel or something. I forget which which song it was. But I just I remember walking down the hall, standing at 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 the the edge of the of the, the back lounge and listening to these two go and stop. Why don't we try to stop this? No, how about if we do? And I'm listening. I'm just thinking, man, you know, the good Lord sprinkled that little extra fairy dust on both of these guys. Yeah. How they can do what they do. There's just that certain something, something. There's so many great musicians out there, but there's that that next level they just get that little extra fairy dust man and and uh jack is uh very blessed with that uh, that ability i mean you know, obviously you see what he's written mm-hmm. over the years and for who and for what and and what he's done to keep himself relevant and you know he's just uh he i can't say enough good things and he's just a great person mm-hmm. you know just loves his family love you know he just just what on the right way my kind of guy so uh, i mean i can't can't say enough about him Let's do it. Let's see. Who haven't we hit yet? Kelly K. Kelly. That guy. Unbelievable respect. Sweetest guy in the world. I mean, genuinely the greatest, biggest heart of anybody I've ever met. And, and genuinely, I mean, the first person you'll get, you know, if something's going on I and mean, if somebody's sick in our camp, you know, we have group texts and stuff, he'll be the first one to be on there or to give a call on his own, say, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I mean, just absolutely great. And, and again, a super talent. Uh, I mean, written some major stuff there, for a lot of people great drummer great singing drummer he's my pain in the ass mixing you know because trying uh-huh. to get a uh for i mean for no other reason than just anytime you have a lead vocalist who's also a drummer good luck you know because you know trying to get <laughs> get that lead vocal over the cymbals and the snare drum and everything else and try to to get that to, to land there right is an absolute never-ending challenge i mean every show every night no matter what there's just no easy way around it you just got to work to get him on top and get him clear and clear in the mix and not be drowned out by every cymbal he hits and every snare drum he hits so he's he's the, the worker but it, well worth it i mean just just great guy great player great drummer you know, I think one of the best singing drummers uh, out there. I mean, you know, he's he is top of his game. Yeah, Jack says what? Well, the top three, top five, as I, he always says in the show. Got my vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, who's the other ones? You're like, well, you got Don Henley, Levon Helm, you know, Phil Collins. Yeah. Phil Collins, obviously, yeah. And a guy he really liked, and his name is eluding me right now, but uh, the uh, drummer singer for Rare Earth. Yeah, I was gonna say Rare Earth. Yeah, that's uh. uh I was one uh, and uh, Sneed from Three Dog Night was a, another big guy that he liked drumming wise, but yeah, I don't think he was a singer. But uh, what let's talk about Bradley Gillis, man. What's uh, he's the last one we haven't mentioned. Uh, tell us something maybe King, we don't know about old Brad. Bars. Brad. Brad is absolutely awesome. An, another brother by another mother. Uh, we've always got along through you know both both my little tenures and with these guys. And uh, I, I mean, absolutely a personality, which, as I said earlier, I mean, he's the, the, the one guy that will come out at soundcheck and stand out and walk around while he's playing and walk around and listen to the mix and definitely give an opinion. And I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, it, it's invaluable. And I love that he, I mean, absolutely to this very day gives a shit about everything, you know, keeps himself in great shape. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, stays healthy, stays relevant, loves his instrument, loves his, you know, loves his craft and has, has probably one of the most impressive guitar collections I've ever been privileged to, to be part of. But I mean, just, just, a, I mean, King of the Whammy Bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, him and no one does it like him. No, Eddie and and Brad. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some great players there, but just some of the stuff. You know, I mean, he's, he he gets the show part of it. He gets the talent part of 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 the the playing and the skill set of it. He's amazing. You know, absolutely yeah. amazing. I think a great 
example of Brad's skill compared to all the other metal guitarists. So if you go back and watch the video for the hearing aid, we're stars back in the day, the eighties. I remember it. You're very and they well. Do yeah. the, they show all the guitar solos. Yep. Brad's is the one that jumps out. Cause it's just guys, Brad. There's guys doing speed. And then there's like, that's Brad Gillis. Everyone yep. else. I'm not sure. Like that could be Lynch. That could be the guy from Judas exactly. Priest. I'm not oh, sure, awesome. but that's yep. Brad Gillis. That's exactly right. I mean, just the, the minute he hits that whammy bar, you go, boom, I know who it is. You know, I used yeah. to say that about Dennis DeYoung all the time. You know, whether you loved his voice or hated his voice, as soon as you heard it, you knew exactly who it was, period. You know, and I think that I think that is a, a huge asset. And Brad's that way. I mean, that, that the things he does on that whammy bar, iconic, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we played a show last year. Actually, it was before I was back with them full time. I was uh, cover, helping them cover a show that they got last minute and um Carl their their uh, passenger was still was still mixing them awesome awesome engineer um and it was a, a lot of the the newer younger heavier bands that, that was the, the the gist of the of the festival it was, that it was festival. in Wisconsin here and but they would always throw in a you know a winger uh, you know night ranger they'd have, they'd have an older and i just rem- i mean clear it was crazy all these bands came out when as soon as we started all these you see on the side of the stage, all these guitar players from all these other bands with their phones up, just following Brad's every move <laughs> on stage, you know, because he's just that iconic guy. I mean, it was just crazy. I didn't realize yeah. how much it, that he has influenced so many of those guys from that from that era. You know, these are you know all the, the the '90s bands and you know some of the some of these guys. I mean, just just crazy and awesome and just mm-hmm. you know just following around talking to him and you know and of course Brad loves that Justin finally <laughs> so I mean, he's he's earned that right right sure. Um, yeah. and I mean, we always talk about the whammy bar, and the whammy bar is you know definitely there, but um, very melodic player. I mean, think about that yeah. guitar solo in Sister Christian. I mean, again, that's almost something you could sing. Um, and oh, the guitar solos will sing me away, yeah. there's no flash in that, yeah. they're playing a melody together and in, in, uh, just in harmony. And I was like, that's it's brilliant because everybody knows they can play, and they didn't have to. And right. what's what's great is anybody out there you want to see uh, look at this guy. Watch this. This is he what called I, me too. I, I this, ignored this, him. This is what I do for you, yeah. Brad Radley. Look at that. <laughs> he just called uh, me too. So we might, I don't know what he's on, but I just I just hit the hit the <laughs> no, he, He's actually coming on after this. We're going we're recording two tonight. Um but uh um he's gonna call me next, right? Uh, yeah, watch it. it I doubt, it'll it. be, um, doubt he's calling me anytime. But soon. uh, <laughs> but uh, that's good. He's always going to put you to work. That's what Ed does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just it's just great that you know it, it was a well. What I was going to say is, if you want to see that progression, go look on the page for. There's some stuff from Oakland, 1981, and you get to see how rough brad and jeff are i mean they're just starting they probably only got a handful of shows right. as ranger back then but you can see that raw ingredient and just see where it went you can obviously see where it went from dawn patrol and midnight madness but uh i mean we got lucky man you you what you said jack songwriter front man you know one of the, the best singing drummers and great songwriter himself kelly fits you know he was the guy that had all the experience, you know, all that road experience going into the band and had all those great contributions. And then oh, you totally. had, and then not only did you have one guitar God in the band, you had two. 
Um, so I mean, people still talk about Watson, and he hasn't really been in the limelight much for probably close to like 16 years. Listen, Josh, um, I just got both the remasters from Rock Candy. Yeah, listen to them both today, and my car cranked. Amazing. Yeah, Dave, I don't know if you the Rock Candy just released remastered versions of Dawn Patrol and Midnight Madness, and I think sometimes if you put them in, you try to listen. Like, what can I hear? You're gonna you know, obviously sometimes maybe thank you here shit. So what I do is I put it on in the background, walk around. Um, one thing that jumped out to me, I'd never heard it. You know, you can still rock in America. Dun, 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 uh, or dun, right. or something. Right. Anyways, where they hold a note, yeah. you always just heard the, the, you know, the, probably the floor Tom and whatever. Right. And then, um, and then, you know, maybe the guitar, that was the first time I ever heard Jack's bass slide, you know, doom, and him going it's, up. You know, awesome. And uh, I just heard about that, those remixes. I, I, I'll have to look into that. I've not um, heard any of them yet. They're pretty sweet because if you ever had the originals, that they they were so low, the volume level yeah. was just not, wasn't quite there. And they, they've remastered them and they're, well, again, they're technology. Yeah, you know, they're beautiful. And the, the drums are like thumping against yeah. you, and you hear the bass is so present. It's, it's fantastic. The, the, the bottom end sucked on some of those. Okay. And, yeah, so I, I got I to gotta throw this in there, Josh. So I just texted Ed uh, mm -hmm. because uh, you, you showed me the call. And I said, I'm on, on Josh's blog. And uh, he said, you're cutting into my time. That's what he responded. Ah. <laughs> I said, I see how this rolls. Should uh, I take a screenshot and send it to him? So he Ed, this is why they, his, they're ignoring you. His his last comment was, nobody wants to hear how faders go up and down. Alrighty then. <laughs> hey, I just I just sent him a message, opening act going over. <laughs> uh, lo love it. Um, that's, that's funny. So, uh, but yeah, so I, and here's the thing too, with us on the page, every show, that's why on our shirts, we always say always on tour, because every show you guys are at, there's someone, you know, on our page there. And right. right away, we're getting live feed. We're getting photos. Um, you know, we, it's instant, uh, you know, stuff from whatever show they're, they're at. And one thing it's just, you just hear over and over again, is just how great the band is sounding and looking and performing. This, and, this yeah. sounded great. Yeah. Crazy! What a what a trip that was, man. That was that was Ed, and that's all Ed right there. That whole that whole project, <laughs> I worked his tail off on that. So hopefully that's what you're going to be talking about. He gets a lot of kudos for that. But man, what an undertaking that was! But uh, worth every bit of it. Yeah, because yeah. we, you know, that's. Um, I thought I had a copy sitting here, but uh, it just know. it's the sound is 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 amazing, and and I mean we probably don't have enough time to get into it with you now, but we got plenty of time. We didn't hear it live we couldn't hear the, the the symphony very well but this blu-ray oh of course a and absolutely. it's been the talk of our page i've had people messaging me private like holy crap i'm like yeah i know i know it's it's, it's just amazing and yep. they were able to take it into the studio and and take the live out of it that was the challenge of the day is, is balancing out uh uh balancing out the 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 hey we're recording we got to get this we got to track it got to get it backed up there's no do-overs although we did do one song over in the night there but uh you know and then also balancing out that audio with you know we, we still gotta have a live show and have some energy and some fun without yeah. wiping out everything that they're trying to do on stage so there was a lot of moving parts and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of work 
together you know with the uh, you know the, the live the live element and the recording element and it was a, it was a challenge for sure but but well worth every every bit of it everybody worked together phenomenal yeah it's 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 amazing and we the 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 page I'm still worn out from that show <laughs> yeah the the page the consensus and I, I told ed this in a message him and i were having a conversation a while back that this version of call my name is becoming the definitive version the the, the, the solo in the beginning it's just i mean i don't know what else to say when uh when jack hits that it is goosebumps yeah yeah, absolutely live i just absolutely every single night it's just that he does that we don't do it enough but uh i mean it's just it's just absolute goosebumps i'm I'm glad i was there i I, it it means the world to me that was that right who thought night ranger in the symphony orchestra i mean that was unbelievable arrangements were great it was just very well done. A lot of people put a lot of time and energy into that, and and it yeah. certainly shows that that finished product is is fantastic. Everybody involved should be extremely proud of it. Like they I said, should. Ed Ed was the glue that that wrapped all that up, and and Ed, Ed is is just an absolute genius. Well, it was almost you know it was it's I don't want to say whatever perfect, but it's like you know you were you're you got Night Ranger, you got an orchestra. We're we're getting a you know a a record release a, a Blu-ray release. It was for a good cause for his brother, and you know for the uh, the police dogs and everything and like everything about it was everything good was right and yep. good and positive and uh, and I you know I don't you know doing this you know like sometimes you know doing the stuff I do with the band I don't want to say you lose your fandom but you know, it's more of, you know, work than it is being a fan. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's not Brad, you know, something like, you know, that's not Brad. That's that's Brad Gillis. That's a guy fucking when I was seven years old, I had a poster on my wall or whatever, right? So I try not to lose my fandom, you know, and uh, every now and then I will, I will allow myself, I'm like, I don't give a shit. And when I heard Call My Name, you know, for the first time, on this you know i had it my ears i did i texted jack i go dude that's your masterpiece yeah right and you know like i don't give you know and he texted he's like agreed and uh you know because that just took it to another level plus finally i got a version of call my name without the fucking sirens at the end so i don't piss myself (laughs) a little bit when i'm driving listen to it but uh i thought we added um, that in at that show Somebody, I thought the somebody in the symphony added. Well, it. it's not as loud if it is because <laughs> that would have been great if you could have pulled that off. That would have been fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, just I mean, again, we're at forty-one years, and we're getting a top-notch release. You yeah, know, we're Isn't getting that awesome. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we got the Blu-ray is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, just i mean every angle and shots and um brian isley the producer did phenomenal job mm-hmm. he is such a talent yeah yeah like i said everybody involved in that just really raised the bar and worked their tails off to make sure everything <laughs> so the everything question i had was is how hard was that for your job like was there someone separately mixing the symphony or were you on oh, all of that no i mixed everything live i I had control of all of the live stuff so how so many had- channels <laughs> How many microphones? I think it was close to 90. You know, I think I'm about 38, 39 with Night Ranger. And I think we added another about 
now probably about 70 probably about, 70, about just about 80 because i think we had another 40 or so of, on the symphony and i mean how do you how do you fine-tune that i mean you didn't get even get to enjoy the show because you got to worry about 80 mics 80 channels yeah, quite literally and and um I mixed with Dennis. I, I I mixed a lot of symphony stuff, so I had a little a pretty good foundation to trying to get that up. And the challenge is always <laughs> okay. the strings. Uh, those you know those violins are the hardest thing to get get over. I mean I mean somebody beating on timpani is pretty easy, yeah. yeah but getting those strings and, and strings are such the beauty and the body of everything. Horns are easy. I mean you know they they there's because they're 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 just naturally loud and they have that uh, the the the, the brightness to right to, to get in there. Uh, strings are always the challenge, and. Uh, it, it's just I've I had a few I had a good foundation which which made it easy but again a lot of it was also miking it not I would have done things differently if it was just a live show uh, but we had to try to get minimize bleed so that everything that we were tracking you know we had four five different soundboards running all at the same time you know re, re, you know be monitor console front of house two you know two at front of house uh two and doing this the uh recording because we we were doubling everything for uh you know because we had no do-overs i mean it was a one you know yeah one yeah done. i got you so you know i mean there's a lot of things going on there and uh it, it was uh, again worth every bit and we had a lot of talented people a lot of a lot of a lot of help in all the right places yeah you should be proud of it. it's fantastic yeah all all of us everybody and in, everybody involved well hold on here i'll show you how proud i am that's how proud I am. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What is that? A, a, a telly award that uh, for the for the project. Really? It won, a, it won a, some telly awards, so got a little trophy on my mantle. That so, that's awesome, man. Go, wow, kudos, cool. kudos to you guys. Yeah, well, a couple bucks will get you a Starbucks, but it, it feels good. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome, though. Yeah. It, it's again, Josh can attest. It, it, it's since its release, it's been the just the absolute domination on our fan page, and just people going on on how great it was. People that had regret yeah. that they weren't there. Yeah, you know, and and it was for a good cause, like you said. I mean, and the kids were fantastic and super excited. I mean, you know, uh, we raised some money for a good cause, and you know, the whole backstory behind it. You know, they're they're, you know, all of us were were doing things, you know, throwing things in, you know bringing extra sending extra shipping extra you know just trying to you know keep it and doing anything we could to you know make it make uh make it this product the the best that we could we could make it because everything about it is right and it it feels very good on the back end uh, that people are enjoying it yeah it's good to see you i know. even like the artwork come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we have we have one hiccup we wish they would have put brad's uh brad's you- guitar have you seen the Paul? Yeah, you see, they got the artwork. There's a mock-up of it. Yeah, it's out there, but they didn't release anything with it. But they got it with Bubba, and yeah. uh, you know, it's just like you know, I'm texting management I'm like, "Are you guys releasing that as an alternate cover?" <laughs> like, you're, like just, you're missing a great opportunity. You know, there. it's like I would buy two copies. You know, uh, oh yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm convinced Night Ranger don't like money, but uh, <laughs> the, artsy, the, the artsy look between the Les Paul and the violin, I think, actually was probably why they went. Probably that. why. But I, um, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. How cool <laughs> would that have been? Um, but I think it's also cool with you know that show where you got um you you kind of get the 
like a, a finished product with something so great like you all the hard work that went into it the show alone was phenomenal and then at the very end you st- you get the blu-ray and the vinyl and the dvd you get all this right. great and like you said a cover that's phenomenal as well yes yeah. so we got ed waiting i guess we gotta you know I, well, push on. Yeah, i mean i'm just i'll just add this he is my boss yeah and i like my job so let's not rock the rock the boat here and uh get, get <laughs> hey. he hasn't texted me back uh anything he, aggressive listen yet, so he messaged okay. me he messaged me and said uh let him know that he looks like he's put on 10 pounds <laughs> so he's like you know coming from him you know what that means i i, I love it ed ed's uh ed, ed is a, again dear friend so um, um make sure you tell him i said hello when you're when you're talking to him so if you are um give me a second here so if you are out at a night ranger show um you see old dave radley tell him hello uh if the show sounded great you see him after the show tell him i don't have to worry about if the show didn't sound great, because that's not going I to I love happen. to hear it when it doesn't as well. I, I take it very personally and uh, because I care. So if there was something wrong, I don't mind that either. Uh, just be nice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a be nice kind of guy. I'll be nice to you. You be nice to me. But um, uh, I actually don't mind comments. Uh, you don't have to. I don't like being patronized. I, if there was somebody had some trouble at a show and they couldn't hear something, I'd like to know that because it helps me be better at what I do um but definitely if you see him tell him uh you know tell him hello let him know that you are a, a femme a fan of the motion and uh also if uh, uh luminaire if you're out let's go see luminaire and you're yep, uh, at one of those um and go to their facebook page i think it's this luminaire christmas um you'll see a link when i post this on the facebook and everything you can just click on that and follow um but uh you'll see him out in November, December, and uh, like I said, make sure you let me know. Yeah, and uh, all right, Dave. Well, I'm glad we finally got you on this uh, uh, podcast, and we've had Ed on. We've had Ed on uh, a couple times, so that jinx has been broken. So uh, uh, we were having a bad run there for a while, Um, but uh, thank you for coming on. Like I said, the fans, you know, we enjoy, you know, hearing that behind the scenes stuff of the whole you know what you got to do when you hit a room and you know setting it up and everything side of things i i i can tell you i appreciate what you guys have done and what fans in motion is and and uh i'm glad i could be part of it and appreciate everything about you guys listen you know uh you know forgive us for that brent character he he can be a little crazy every now and then but uh but thank you on behalf of myself and Andy and Thanks, Brent and uh, Robin and Lisa. Um, thank you for jumping on here with us. And uh, we'll see you at a uh, show soon, my friend. Sounds great, guys. Be, be well.